When your space has the long-lasting, noticeable scent of Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist, you'll want to invite everyone over. From book club to reality TV watch parties, even the in-laws. It smells amazing. Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist is infused with two times more essential oil versus regular Airwick Essential Mist for our most authentic, nature-inspired fragrance experience. Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist is perfectly portable and effortlessly easy. The way fragrance should be. Now that's a breath of fresh Airwick. Hello and welcome back to the Ask Science Podcast. I'm your guest host, Henry G. This is episode two of my short series, adapted from my new book, A Very Short History of Life on Earth. Today, we'll be talking about the Great Permian Catastrophe. Around 340 million years ago, the fragments of what had been a supercontinent, Rodinia, reassembled into a new and greater landmass, Pangaea. At its greatest, Pangaea stretched almost from pole to pole. The union of the continents into a single landmass had drastic consequences for life both on land and in the oceans. On land, forms of life that were once endemic to particular continents mixed and mingled with others. Competition between natives and newcomers was fierce, and many kinds of animals died out. Sea life was most abundant on the continental shelf, the part of the sea closest to land. When the continents merged, there was less continental shelf to go around, and competition for living space in the sea was intense. The climate itself became more challenging. The interior of Pangaea was mainly dry, even if punctuated by annual monsoon inundations, and often very hot. Although the cool southern regions of Pangaea were clothed in a seemingly endless scrub of a tree fern called Glossopteris, plant life was not as luxuriant as it had been in the age of the great coal forests. Less plant life meant that there was less oxygen than there once was, so much so that by the end of the Permian, breathing at sea level would have been like trying to catch a breath in the Himalayas today. Terrestrial life was left gasping. Worse was yet to come, for Armageddon was approaching. Near the end of the Permian, around 250 million years ago, a plume of magma that had been rising from deep within the earth for millions of years met the crust above and melted it. In the late Permian, one would not have needed to descend into the earth to find hell, because hell had come to the surface. It lay in what is now China, where what had once been a lush landscape of rainforest was transformed into a cauldron of magma, oozing lava, 
and a fume of noxious gases that increased the greenhouse effect, acidified the oceans, and tore the ozone layer to shreds, bringing down the Earth's shield against ultraviolet radiation. Life had not quite recovered from this disaster when, around five million years later, another struck. The China magma plume, as it turned out, was merely the hors d'oeuvre. The entree was an even larger magma plume which, rising from deep within the earth, punctured the earth's surface in what is now western Siberia. The ground fractured. Lava oozing from myriad fissures eventually paved an area the size of what is now the continental United States in black basalt thousands of meters thick. The ash, smoke and gas that accompanied it killed nearly all life on the planet, but not instantly. The torture was extended into half a million years of toxic agony. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. First of the evil brew was carbon dioxide, enough to create a greenhouse effect that raised the average temperature of the Earth's surface by several degrees. Already starved of oxygen and labouring under searing heat, parts of Pangaea became completely uninhabitable. The effect on the reefs fringing the supercontinent was nothing short of catastrophic. The sun-loving algae, living inside the jelly-like polyps that made up the coral reefs, were acutely sensitive to temperature. When the temperature of the sea rose, they deserted their homes, leaving the polyps to die. The coral, bleached and dead, crumbled away. Tabulate and rugose corals, the mainstay of reef ecosystems for tens of millions of years, were already in decline as a result of changing sea levels. But the Siberian event was the final straw. Without the coral, the host of organisms that depended on them for a habitat died out too. But there was more. The volcano scorched the sky with acid. 
sulfur dioxide frothed high into the atmosphere and helped form microscopic particles about which water vapour condensed to create clouds that reflected sunlight into space, cooling the Earth's surface, albeit temporarily. Amid the heat there were jags of bitter cold. However, when rained out onto the land, sulphur dioxide became an acid that stripped plant life from the ground, leached the soil, and burned forest trees to blackened stumps where they stood. Traces of hydrochloric and even hydrofluoric acid sharpened the pain. And before it was rained out, the hydrochloric acid damaged the ozone layer that protected the earth from harmful ultraviolet rays. In normal times, plankton in the sea and plants on land would have mopped up much of the carbon dioxide. But plant life was already under stress. So, rather than being absorbed by plants, the carbon dioxide was washed out by rain, increasing the rate of weathering. Without plants to stabilise the soil, the weather washed it away, leaving bare rock. The sea became a thick soup, turbid not just with sediment, but with the crouton carcasses of plants and animals killed by the carnage on land. Decay bacteria got to work on the remains, using up what little oxygen was left. A corpse flowering of toxic algae had much to digest, before that too withered. The bubbling acids in the water etched the shells of any sea creature they touched, dissolving them. Even if they survived the darkened, stagnant sea, the mineralized skeletons on which many sea creatures depended became thin and fragile until they could no longer make shells at all. And even more was to come. The mantle plume destabilized deposits of methane gas, hitherto frozen in ice beneath the Arctic Ocean. The gas fizzed to the surface of the sea with a thunder and spume that shot hundreds of metres into the atmosphere. Methane is a much more potent greenhouse gas than carbon dioxide. The greenhouse effect spiralled. The world broiled. If that wasn't enough, every few thousand years the eruptions would send plumes of mercury vapour into the atmosphere to poison anything that had not already been asphyxiated, gassed, burned, boiled, broiled, fried, or dissolved. By the end, nineteen of every twenty species of animal in the sea, and more than seven out of every ten on land, had been driven to extinction. The gates of hell, ajar in China, 
thrown extravagantly wide in Siberia, had sucked almost all life into the abyss. The land was turned into bare, silent desert. Little plant life remained, clinging on to the wreckage of what was largely a dying planet. The ocean was all but dead. The reefs were gone. The sea floor clothed with a stinking carpet of slime. It was as if life had been catapulted back to the Precambrian. But life would return. And when it did, it would be the most colourful, riotous carnival of splendour the world had seen yet. That's all for this episode of Ask Science. If you're liking this series so far, consider pre-ordering my new book, A Very Short History of Life on Earth. You can click the link in the episode description or find the book wherever books or audiobooks are sold. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.